I know you better than you know yourself. You never had a camera in my head. You're afraid. That's why you can't leave. It's okay, Julian. I understand. I have been watching you your whole life. I was watching when you were born. I was watching when you took your first step. I watched you on your first day of school. <laughs> the episode when you lost your first tooth. You can't leave, Truman. Please, God. You belong here. You can do it. With me. Talk to me. Say something. Well, say something, goddammit. You're on television. You're live to the whole world. trilogy in theory my name is webb and this is my co-host mike and a new trilogy is upon us as is a new year uh, we start today with the truman show a film i haven't revisited in i don't know how long because i remember seeing it in the theaters because i was such a big fan of ace ventura and and all the silly stuff <laughs> that jim carrey and boy were you disappointed <laughs> coming into this <laughs> This isn't at all like that. <laughs> When's he going to talk out of his ass? <laughs> there is actually, though, not to sidetrack us already, a gratuitous uh, Jim Carrey butt shot. In yes. This. I've always found, like, they try to they try to inject elements of, uh, I guess, Jim Carrey comedy, even if he's not actively uh, participating in it. I felt like that was a, that's a shout out to Little Webb. Like, hey, Webb, Peter Weird knows you're an Ace Ventura junkie. Uh, here's a gratuitous butt shot of Carrie uh, tending to his lawn. That's all it took. There's a big butt on screen that takes it takes up much of the screen, and literally, like that's that's the joke. That's the visual gag. There's nothing subtle about it. There's no deeper meaning. Nope. You know, I think it's clear that this film is ahead of its time, but I think it's still ahead of its time. I don't think we've caught up yet because. While we can say, yes, like we have so much reality TV now, it's not really reality TV. The people that we're observing, and by we, I mean collectively, I don't watch that much reality TV. So just as in general, I don't know if there is a TV show where we're literally watching Joe Schmo 
you know, do his taxes and, and eat his cereal. It's still uh, the wives of criminals or, or some celebrities or some D-list celebrities or whatever going through uh, tasks that they normally would not do. And it's it's still somewhat scripted to entertain the individual. Whereas The Truman Show, you're literally watching this guy live his life and completely unaware. It, it's You're watching, you know, essentially a little world and, and how it's... Uh, being simulated so where do you stand on there was this? one show one one reality show god it's been a long time i felt it was like 2003 four somewhere in there i think it was called joe schmo uh where it was a reality contest i don't remember what the game element was uh but the actual premise of the show was that one of the participants was the only one participating in the game everyone else was an actor and so they were just staging the competitions to see how he would react to, you know, it, it was attempting to be meta to, I guess, reality show tropes and stimuli, uh, people having drunken arguments, uh, you know, uh, falling into maybe sexual partnerships. And he's just trying to navigate those waters, not realizing, like he's treating it as this is what happens on reality TV, not realizing that he himself is the kind of the butt of the joke. And, I think they did award him whatever the supposed survivor big brother money was. Uh, he just got it outright, but it still, it did bring up kind of those parallel ethical questions yeah. like Truman show where it's like, okay, yeah, he was compensated as far as what he signed up for, but he didn't actually sign up to participate in that show to be the butt of the joke in every scene. And so what you were talking about I would say the closest we have and the big, the key difference is what you, you just said as far as a participant being unaware would probably be uh, YouTube vloggers attempting to become YouTube stars. However, they are mimicking things they've seen other people do on YouTube uh, very much in the, the manner with the way they di direct uh, their, their voice at the audience to the camera, uh, the way they try to, uh, fashion themselves and and display their life very like that sort of Instagram model. So I would say the most troubling aspect of the Truman Show is we may never get to this because I don't know what the the budget would be to something like this. The problem is is that people don't seem scared about ever being Truman. They want right. to. Be. Truman. That, that's now. the scary thing. And and uh, the budget question, I think Christoph says it would take like what it costs a small country to run is what it ridiculous. Yeah. But you're right. The ethical question about all this is whether it's right to do this to an individual and essentially not so much ruin his life, but give that individual no free will. Like Christoph has that monologue where he's uh, taking uh, uh, questions from uh, callers. Uh, finally, um, Sylvia, is that her name, uh, calls in and he says, well, he can leave anytime he wants. And then he, as soon as he starts doing it, he's like, drown that motherfucker. <laughs> Cue the waves. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you like how they handle the, I guess, the world building, uh, the questions an audience would have? Like, because it, you're dropped into the world. But, you know, there is that, it's called True Talk, uh, which is... Uh, you know, we we have that now. I mean, podcasts are basically that, or uh, the the Talking Dead that like airs immediately after some piece of entertainment. Like, you know, let's let's talk about what you're watching. It makes a little bit more sense here because, you know, as entertaining as Jim Carrey is, which boy did they get lucky that they have 
Jim Carrey as Truman here. So when he talks to himself in the mirror, he's still really charismatic and really funny. Uh, very different. I, I, I was delaying us tonight because I, I read the original draft of this, which is far darker, uh, which you can find. You can Google Truman Show, like, original or dark, and you'll just find articles summarizing that. Like, for instance, in the original script, um, the, the the moment in this film where the cop accidentally says, you're welcome, Truman, uh, when he, they're trying to steer him away from, like, this nuclear disaster so that he won't try to leave his confined space – uh, in the original draft, he pulls over onto a sidewalk and grabs a baby out of a stroller and tells the mother that he's going to throw it up against the concrete sidewalk unless she she calls him by his name and says, I know you know my name. And what I'd forgotten is she actually doesn't do that She because she's she's upset. She, she doesn't know what to do. She's in a state of shock because this man looks unhinged at this point. Uh, thankfully, in the movie, he never gets that far. But that's how it plays out. He... he he can't do it. He can't actually kill an innocent baby. So when he hands it back to her, she says, thank you, Truman. And that's oh. how they, so he does get the, <laughs> but you know, the, the point here is there's a lot of questions you would have as a viewer that I think they navigate those without bringing the movie to a complete stop because that would be, you can buy into the concept. But I think at a certain point, a half hour in or so, you're going to be like, come on now, how do they, how do they manage this? Especially when the participant here is starting to buck up against the reality of his world. And so I think it's important that Kristoff says, you know, if he's, if he's truly desperate to, to break his, his world, what can they really do to stop him? And that, that does bear out. Although he tries, uh, you know, what a father figure that Kristoff. Certainly. Goodness. And you know, one thing I will also mention, uh, you said, you're right. They did get lucky with Jim Carrey. Actually, Peter Weir, uh, because of Ace Ventura, uh, he wanted Jim Carrey. <laughs> I think they originally wanted to go with Robin Williams. And so whoever you get in that role, it is up to that person to shape the character as, as he or she sees fit. Ultimately, I think this is the biggest negative for me when when we discuss this film. Or And I guess anytime I'm going to rewatch it in the future, and I can absolutely see myself rewatching this, it's great. I think because Truman kind of starts out questioning everything he's already kind of in that mindset and you are entering the world knowing the premise knowing exactly kind of what you're getting yourself into right there with the opening credits it says you know Truman Burbank uh, you've got Kristoff kind of explaining things how do you think the film would have fared or, or how do you think you would have reacted maybe even if the film played it straight for like the first act like the first half hour you're literally the audience of this TV show and you're watching just a regular guy. And then little by little, these things start happening. The, the, the light from the ceiling of, of this dome. Uh, and then you go on this journey with them and the film kind of reveals itself. So I don't want to call it a twist, but I guess I just want to call it like the reveal. Like the, the film finally gets you to where it wants you to be. Do you think that would have been more effective, less effective? The script does it slightly differently the original the original script was set in new york city which presents its own problems and i think you know i think that the logic doesn't hold there that you could actually do that it was a smart decision that i think peter weir is credited with this with he wanted it to be like this idyllic uh, almost retirement community and they found a real place in florida that hadn't yet i think put residents in and that's where they ah. filmed so you can actually still this day go live 
Oh, wow. Live where Truman did. <laughs> and I, I think it, it's more effective in the film because it provides this, this kind of quaint Capra-esque quality, I think, to Jim Carrey's performance where everything is nice. It, it gives a little bit more credence to Kristoff being a protector, saying he's given him the better world than what... And it's funny because in the original script, they tried to mirror... Like, there are some really dark scenes where they keep challenging Truman to make him afraid. And so you have a sequence on the subway where these two young thieves hold a woman at knife point and, like, chase her off uh, the train and then proceed to start raping her. Like, and, and Truman, it's up to him whether he wants to exit the train or, like, duck his head. And he ducks his head. In the script, Truman is a far less likable character, whereas I, I like the movie version better because it's a guy that's been given everything that we think we want. Like in our lives, we may want to retire to that place where everyone's nice and your next door neighbor and the Dalmatian come and greet you. And uh, everyone's kind of highly involved in your business in that small town way, which makes sense considering Truman's the only person that really matters in the community. But even in the original concept they don't have the, I guess, the the premise dump with Christoph being the very first person you encounter, talking to you in interview format. Uh, but they do have um, oftentimes a lot of shots of Truman are being viewed through like a television screen. That's your hint. I think if you're being realistic, like it would be cooler if you could discover the film that way along with Truman. But it's a big it was a big star vehicle. It was a financial hit. Uh, came out in the summer of 98. Obviously, they're going to sell the premise. So it's not going to work in that first run. You would have to be something that years down the road, you discover like late night on television or you just don't know what it is on a streaming service. So I agree with you. Like, I think it's it makes it um, better, makes it a better story. But it would be a challenge to, to keep that twist, if you want to call it that, when the movie is called The Truman Show. I don't know if you can. Yeah. interesting that it was given a summer release like this is what a summer blockbuster used to be is that the case wow i know yeah that's it um you know you brought up on i think the very last episode you were talking about uh you know as you often do what titillates you (laughs) uh when you watch movies you were talking about out of sight which came out the same month june 98 was a nice month of the movies for for things that were populous but also geared towards adults with movie stars and uh, it's funny you, you open this by saying how timeless this is. And I have to admit that as a teenager, because this came out when I was I was 15 when this came out. And I remember having an argument with my brother, who was, I guess, wise beyond his years at 13, a couple years younger than me. And I said, man, The Truman Show and Out of Sight, those are my two favorite movies this year. I'm like, but I think I'm leaning towards Out of Sight because, uh, you know, it, it'll be more timeless. You know, The Truman Show may be this moment in time. But, you know, eventually we may look at that as just like a curiosity and like, wasn't that silly? And he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I think Truman Show is going to be 
pretty fucking timeless as we grow up. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're stupid. And now, <laughs> now here we are 2020 where I'm like, wow, <laughs> I kind of wish we could go to a 2020 where out of sight was the timeless content, you know, just a sexy bank robber and is the sexy, uh, lawman like, you know, after him. But, uh, no, he was, he was dead on. I just didn't, I just didn't see it. I, I thought that we were at peak reality television in the late nineties. And I just had no idea uh, with Facebook and Twitter and all the all the information that we were going to present out to the world and not really know who has their, their hands on them. And we would just give it away for free. It's really depressing, Webb. This is a depressing start, 2021. <laughs> well, what's really depressing is one, one thing that you mentioned is that people want to be Truman. But the thing is, they don't really want to be Truman. Even I, like whenever I tweet things, I, I can't tell you how many times like I'll go – back like three weeks like three weeks in my twitter feed and i'm like oh wait i didn't like that tweet why did i tweet that delete so i'm constantly <laughs> editing even the version that i'm putting out there for everyone to i guess kind of enjoy or or uh, you know pick apart or whatever you don't have to tell me i uh you know you you have to work tomorrow i don't i offered to edit <laughs> this you're like no 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 i gotta control the I narrative guess. i gotta <laughs> the tip mythology i have to have my fingers <laughs> on the keyboard like Kristoff. <laughs> it is the choice and and control and that's one thing that i again we, i am going to mention the matrix reloaded again just like last week the problem is choice and given the two scenarios where it's like well you can choose to be kind of like a cipher was it cipher who's like i you know ignorance is bliss is what i've learned um ultimately it's like i'd rather be miserable and have choice and the truth versus a blind ignorance and just be generally happy i've always been kind of that way and you just can't keep anyone in that level of control because it's just not possible they'll always want to the the original matrix and i don't mean the movie i mean like the actual matrix that the machines created was supposed to be a utopia and the human mind rejected it because they're like well, this isn't right yeah people like you web <laughs> ruined it for the rest of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> we couldn't comprehend it uh because uh, human <laughs> beings are generally i guess negative creatures is what the matrix had to say and i kind of want to <laughs> i kind of agree here too but the truman show because the ethics keeps coming back to me it's like why wasn't there more and again maybe this would have it would have stretched the movie out to a non-blockbuster length i suppose well maybe not modern blockbusters but certainly at the time because i did want to see more of the outrage and the riots we do get to see a few people drop into truman's world as somebody who just wants to be famous like the you know the jerks that we see every day today however uh, when we see sylvia's like apartment you'll see like bumper stickers and stuff on her wall they're like no to the truman show even though she herself can't but help but keep watching yeah, I hope she's not a, a Nielsen <laughs> household because right. she's contributing to, to that. Do you think – is it the age of Truman? Um, because I assume – they don't really go into it, but I would assume the outrage would be there in the early years of like, oh, this is a horrific idea. But he's uh, – what is he, 34 in this? I'm getting confused because in the script he actually has that line that he's older than Jesus now and he's not he's, – he's done nothing. <laughs> um but you know he's he's approaching you know middle age and i just assume that the world whatever problems they had with it that like we have now with with social media you know it it rears its head but for all the talk of you know deleting facebook 
I'm afraid now that's, you know, unless something even more horrific comes along, it's just going to be a staple of, of life. You know, it's, I, I was like, you know, me arguing with my brother, my, my 13 year old wise old man brother, when Facebook goes around, I was like, I give it four years. It'll be just another MySpace. We'll go on to the next thing. (laughs) Unfortunately not. Not at all. (laughs) I keep getting this shit wrong. Um, but the other thing I was going to ask you, do you think there would also be outrage? Like when he, when he becomes an adult, because they, they put this weird stipulation in that he's the first child adopted by a corporation. What is the legalese once he turns 18 though? Like if you can swing that, okay. So Kristoff and his company adopted this baby and they, you know, he has to be, they're the guardians of him in this giant bubble world he lives in. When he turns eighteen, what is <laughs> what I don't understand, and I don't know if the movie is really meant for you to get too much in the weeds. That's why I think it's very delicate balance. What Weir did with the script uh, by is it Andrew Nicole? Is it Nicole? Uh, yes, Gattaca. Uh, he went on to do some more uh, sci-fi, uh, sort of moral morality plays. Um, I think it's a delicate balance of having some of the questions, some of the challenges thrown to the characters. But it's not they don't they don't go far enough down that train of thought where we're like, I don't know, man, this house of cards yeah. starts, <laughs> starts to fall apart. But with a lot of these uh Twilight Zone esque setups, you know, I think that's why Twilight Zone episodes are what were they, like twenty five minutes or something? That's probably the right amount to just give you an idea, something to chew on philosophically, and then move about. And I wanted to ask you if the interpersonal relationships here sort of mask that. Do you like the drama between him and his almost chosen partner in Meryl versus Sylvia, the woman that he's trying to reconstruct her face through magazine. Does that give you enough sort of heft, like enough emotional conflict to kind of pull you through maybe the, the questions you'd have about the world itself? The relationship between him and Sylvia, I adored that. And, and I think you got just enough of it. And you could see the glances between the two of them, the genuine falling in love and love at first sight versus <laughs> the laughable scenario where they generated uh, where she's like, oh, no, I'm going to fall right into you. And the Laura Linney character, the concept of falling in love in that way, just silly. And I laughed out loud. I was <laughs> I was at work watching this during my downtime and I laughed out loud. It was Harry Shear trying to like get some answers out of what's going to happen in the future. How is he going to get this father character back? And Kristoff goes, amnesia. And Harry Shear goes, <laughs> genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I, I felt it. like he, uh, he was the, uh, it was prescient as far as like something like the loss fan community or star Wars or something where this, you know, this uh, David Lindelof or somebody is just like, Whatever. Just <laughs> have fun with it. Stop bothering me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah. So Truman and Sylvia's uh, relationship worked so well for me because I'm, I'm already kind of a fan of the unrequited love storylines anytime, like in the mood for love, all that stuff. I, I absolutely adore that. So it's something about me growing up as uh, kind of a person between two worlds, culturally speaking, uh, American and my Indian culture. So growing up, I would I was very closed off to the opposite sex because like, I, I don't want to catch feelings with somebody who I ultimately won't be able to uh, maybe go down the line and marry. I thought these things as like a kid, like back in like middle school and stuff, I would kind of be very closed off. I'm not thinking like, I don't think these women want women. I don't think these girls want to get married tomorrow. I never, 
but my mind always went to I can't be so deceitful to this other individual in the long run, and so I always kept any kind of crush or any kind of uh, uh, sentiment I had towards uh, a female just completely to myself for the most part. Or I do the uh, masking with laugh, you know, when, when you make jokes in order to throw away your feelings and mask them completely. Just bury them deep down. a very stressful like middle school <laughs> experience i i went a different way where when i'm watching this and i still have memories of that as a, as a you know as a, a teenager that didn't have a girlfriend at the time uh i'm pretty damn skippy that i thought oh laura lenny just fell in your lap oh wow what a problem you have jim carrey like <laughs> she seems nice a little over eager but <laughs> what what of it you know the product placements might get a little bit old but i assume everyone is doing that in his life even uh even marlon even the the noah emmerich character playing the best friend who i i, I would say even more so than lenny as his wife his chosen partner far more deceitful because he's the heavy hitter he is like the 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 number four slugger that's there to when there's problems, he's the one that has to tap into the, like, we're bros, like, we've been best friends our whole lives, like, you know, if the whole world's against you, I'd have to be against you. And it's it's a well-constructed scene, but man, does it make you hate the Marlin character, or at least I Certainly. do. I'm like, you... No, I'm the same way. <laughs> you deserve to have Jim Carrey pick you up and threaten to crack your skull. <laughs> and, and I know that this is going to kind of sound like a total bro thing to say, but there's something to be said about a, a guy and guy, the camaraderie between guys not mm -hmm. that we can't have something very deep and meaningful with a woman as well but i don't know like i don't want to go into like neil patrick harris bro code level stuff. it's not it's not so superficial <laughs> but there is something very genuine about two guys who have grown up together and kind of will always have each other's backs it, it just that's just how it is do you think that he has genuine feelings of friendship between because so. if he's an actor that has no. you don't think so because he's had to have played that part since he was a kid so I i'm know, just wondering he shows no remorse and nothing throughout that whole uh, sequence of where i'm we're searching for him and and he always looks over to the camera and like he's gone never just like do you think we should just let him go no no sentiment uh, uh of that nature at all comes from him he's just kind of like well he's not here i don't know what you guys want me to do it seems like it's a real job for him and that's kind of frightening to think about if really if it really was that same individual that same human being who was grown up with him at one point they would have to sit down and talk to him listen this is all fake <laughs> and you know and he's gotta go along with it so yeah a lot of questions uh start you're right when you it's, start picking away at this it's different from from someone like Meryl, even though you get into the the sexual element of it, where this is someone she's paid to have a physical, intimate relationship with, at the very least, she is coming into a relationship with him 
as a performer. Like it, it is not like a, a child actor that has basically lived most of his life in that bubble with Truman. Uh, that's the, the issue I have. And I don't want to, I, I, this will be the last time I promise to go back to the original <laughs> script. Cause this is the only time I get to show yeah, off. No, Webb, he listens to the commentaries. He does the research. Uh, but I only did this because I remember having read it and enjoying it. I do like the original version of Sylvia a lot more because in the film, I think you get the impression she's there as a rabble rouser that she got, you know, whatever the, the casting process to be an extra or whatever, that she's trying to get Truman's attention because she wants to shake the foundation of his world. She wants to save him in a way because it happens so fast. We don't really get to see enough of their conversation. And she puts up a sort of a mild, I can't go out with you. However, if you want to do it, we could do it now. Um, in the original script that, that the dialogue plays the same, but there's, you get more thoughts into how that was allowed to happen. Christoph lets it happen because the theory is that while there are some characters like Meryl that they, tr that are really trained and are like, okay, you're going to be a major character in his life, that there was an idea that the less they had to force on Truman, the better the product would be. So Sylvia was someone that they said, well, let's see if he develops genuine, if that's who he genuinely likes, let it happen. And in that sequence, when they go to the beach, she's the one that breaks down. She's attempting to play along to see how far it'll go. And then she just looks up to the sky and says, I can't do this to him. And I found that to be far more interesting than someone that, you know, she's played like a, a reality show anarchist who was there to blow. And I, I like, cause in that, at least in that version of it, you see how would someone who's given a job as a performer, when they're met with dealing with someone who's having genuine feelings for you, even in a flirtation, just like the big, very beginnings of a relationship, there's, there has to be a choice made. Like you're saying Marlon consistently makes that choice to betray Truman. I like in the original version that Sylvia is attempting to be professional and she finds that she can't do it. She can't do it even though that's her, her job. Boy, yeah. If you add a few scenes like that here and there, uh, you know what? miniseries that's what this should have been all along <laughs> <laughs> coming to hbo max the truman show reboot <laughs> yeah i don't know if you could do that today um one of the things that you brought up i i just want to kind of uh close off this little uh loop i had this thought you mentioned like because it's his age that we're kind of okay and the ethics don't really come into play i think it's those formative years like the teenager into adulthood is where it would have been the most difficult watching a child kind of grow up in that world that you know the child doesn't really know any better and is kind of basically learning how to survive yet yeah, during the time when you start questioning things that's that's where the ethics are really go into because he's not quite a man at that time yet i mean his name gives it kind of weight. Truman. He's not a true man at all throughout the course of this uh, film. And it's only until he decides to exit um, where, where he really I guess, starts to live and, and becomes his, whoever his true self is going to be. I can't imagine a sequel to this. I feel like this is the kind of product that is ripe for, you know, um, somebody now who has Hollywood in that little space that there were their bereft of ideas. Like, let's do a Truman Show sequel to see how he's doing during this time. Like, I can't believe Blade Runner has a sequel. I, I'm genuinely shocked. I, I <laughs> don't don't mention that in your pitch because there will be no Truman Show <laughs> sequel. If you're like Blade Runner 2049, oh okay, never mind. I, Lost a bundle of money. I on think it. the budget for Blade Runner 2049 is probably 
what you need to run a small country. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the amount of money it cost. I actually, I actually do love that movie quite a bit in its own way. I, I don't know if I ever needed it, but I, I'm, I'm very happy that it exists. Ultimately, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of surprised that we haven't gotten a Truman Show sequel. But maybe it's that rare film that, because it's so beloved, you're never really going to get one. Not that I mean, obviously it's not needed because it's a perfect end. Uh, beautiful ending to the film. Uh, do you think we'll ever get one? I don't know. I don't think a sequel, but I could see a, um, you know, an updated remake of sorts. You know, something like uh, slightly different in tone because it leans more, I think, thriller. Maybe, you know, and you could do a version of that where that's that that does keep the, the inherent darkness of it. Um, the step for wives, you know, that, that was a classic and that got uh, a remake, uh, I think from Frank Oz, which was not, uh, it's an understatement <laughs> to say not beloved yeah. when they did that. Um, but you know that I think those kind of interesting sci-fi ish concepts. Yeah. Cause you, you can update it to a, a modern setting and you can basically use it as a reflection of our values as an audience. How have we changed in regards to, uh, the invasive nature uh, of this, or have we at all? So I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I, <laughs> I definitely would not want something as depressing as Truman coming out and be like, man, this one sucks. Let me try to break back into Seaside. <laughs> <laughs> would you want to watch Truman's Twitch stream? <laughs> like, is, is that the update that we need? <laughs> no, no, I do not. <laughs> 